Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into your Sunday Things I Think I Know About the Cleveland Browns edition. Crossover style, all eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Warden. Of course, the OBR film breakdown and the great Jake Burns, like we do every Sunday, here to break it down for you and give you some things that are at the top of mind for both of us every week. Uh, both of us writing over at the OBR. Jake doing some fantastic work this week, and uh, I have some stuff coming out as well. So make sure you're peeping everything going on at the Orange and Brown Report. How are we doing today, Jake? We're good, man. I'm going away for the weekend, so to give everybody a heads up in case anything you know, off the wall happens, we're recording this on Wednesday night out in front of the weekend here a little bit. So like I said, if there's been some sort of, not saying, I'm not even going to say it, Brad. I'm just going to say if there's been any newsworthy pieces <laughs> of information since we're recording this on Wednesday, we'll, we'll cover it at some point. But uh, we're here to have a little bit of a fun topic today for your Sunday entertainment. I'm good though, Brad. Man, I'm I'm tired. I'm getting ready for uh, a trip away, but you know how that goes. Feels like yeah, vacations man. though. When you have kids, uh, you're experienced now, but you're 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 on the other end of the spectrum. But it's like it feels like you're just watching your kids in a different house. You're just uh, traveling somewhere to to watch your kids in a different location. So I don't know how relaxing this is going to be, but yeah. nonetheless. Uh, by this time, when you're listening to this on Sunday, uh, maybe the batteries are recharged or the batteries are drained. I don't know. Maybe they're drained in just a different way. Here's the key to these things, right? Like, and uh, I've learned this over the years, and I, I don't know. Do you have someone going with you that can watch the kids when you go out in the evening? That's a great question. Um, th- there is not. We're, we're going with another couple who have a. Uh, who has a young daughter that are, are so we have two boys, both of which love their daughter. So we don't have someone specifically to watch the kids, but they have at least a play partner. So that'll help a little bit. And then okay, we got some creative things to give the parents some time away, both the dads and the moms. We'll figure that out on the fly. So it's not going to be a, a way to get away. But you're right. Taking like a grandma with us, always yes. a really good idea uh, to give yourself a, some breathing room here and there, but now this one, I don't think this is a vacation. The wife and I are going into thinking, yeah, this is going to be super relaxing. We're going to have to be on our toes. We do get to drop the puppy off over at my parents' house. So that helps a little bit because that dude is a wild, he's a wild beast right now. He's a wild beast. Okay. So that helps. That alleviates. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've learned, you know, I've been on a number of vacations, but you know, I've figured out that the, you know, in weighing the pros and cons of bringing an in-law, um, speaking of a specific person, but I don't want to name them uh, <laughs> right now, you know, of bringing her along, it, it benefits very much so in the evenings when you can get away and go have your own vacation time with the uh, with the missus. If you you know you have somebody there to watch the young ones, it's just yep. a a tip to those of you out there. Young children going on vacation. This is a, uh, bring bring pro, a built in built in babysitter works. Pro family, nicely. pro yeah. parent podcast. Yeah, piece of advice dropped on your first Sunday. Just so, throw it uh, out there. Yeah, well, Brad, let's talk about uh, let's talk about our topic, which again I think is kind of funky, but uh, we we are looking for certain things. Is is again, don't never hesitate. Though. If you guys out there have any you know ideas or anything, never hesitate to send those over. We're always looking for ideas of what to talk about during the downtimes 
of uh, of the offseason. But I actually think there's a fun one here based on what we've seen from OTAs. I know earlier this week uh, in podcasts I've covered what happened, things I think we saw that are going to translate into this 23 version of the team on both sides of the football. But there's a topic that I think never never gets discussed enough, and we're going to hit on that today. So, yeah, feel free to introduce it, Brad, and let's roll. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, every year we have our camp darlings. There's always somebody um, that just lights the world on fire at camp. And I think this happens all around the NFL, right? So you get like this buzz around somebody that's just, uh, you know, they're playing exceptionally and, um, you know, there's highlights of them leak onto, you know, social media on our, you know, and they start to gain some steam and then, you know, get another one the next day and the next day. And I think we're seeing that with through two weeks of OTAs. I think that we have a, a camp darling already, Jake in Marquise Goodwin, who has been, uh, all over the, uh, highlights making it their way to uh, Twitter in videos. Long ball today. He's had a couple of catches. Them, yeah, uh, a couple touchdowns, uh, making some really good catches, finding himself open often and targeted often by Watson. So not that it means a damn thing, but uh, so far, Goodwin looks to be the leader in the clubhouse. Now, we have some picks as well. Um, yeah that we think will emerge as camp darlings, but let's go through the past camp darlings just to prove, you know, how much these, uh, pay off in the end. Right. So, uh, and how, how much they mean, uh, <laughs> well, if we're talking last, offense, who, who do you think it was offensively last year that, that, that comes to mind? I, I remember uh, Jakeem Grant getting yeah. a lot of buzz before the Achilles. Yeah, uh, he was catching some like, is this guy is going to is he going to be a receiving threat? And like, you yeah, know, he had not been a receiving threat for years. But uh, yeah, there I was think, even let me let me say real quick. There was I don't want Marquise to feel like like he is. He, he's blowing up. This is a fine line. There's a fine line between like Camp Darling in a way that is uh, is like a UDFA is is not likely to make the roster or have an impact. And like, I think Marquise had a great year with Seattle last year before he got hurt. Like, I think. There's yeah. a real chance for him to come in. He's going to make the roster, and be barring effective. something crazy here. But, yeah, I think he's going to be effective. I don't know if he's going to have six, five, six touchdowns like he had last year, but if today's any indication, he's he's running really well, and he is, uh, he is. still doing the things that have, have earned him different contracts over the years. So uh, he has potential, but kind of there's, there's levels to this, right? There's levels to, like, a, a rookie coming in and doing their thing or, or a UDFA kind of just being a nice story, right? So, like... Uh, you know, Jakeem Grant was one last year. If you're talking about in games last year, preseason games, training camp, I thought Jerome Ford generated a lot of buzz. He did. last year is sort of a sort of a camp darling. Who there's a wide receiver last year, Dalen Baldwin. I think had some moments in camp yeah. in the preseason last year. Um, anybody else from last year come to mind for you? Well, I, I had said like I kind of remember. I know DPJ two years ago, but I think last year too. Like he's he just did. kind of been a camp darling both yeah. years. Like yeah, um, and it's translated right both years. Yes, ironically, yes. so we're almost counter counterproductive. Yeah, what we're yeah. talking about here. Uh, yeah. He has been a guy that's been buzzed. I don't remember there being like a ton of offensive line buzz no. on these. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think people were like, "Oh, Postage looks really good." I don't. I don't recall that. No. Um, t- 
don't think there's any of that. Like this year, offensive line wise, I could definitely see people being like, man, Luke Whipler's got a chance. Postage took the day off. <laughs> Offense didn't look any different with him at center. Yeah. He's he's one that stands out to me. I don't I feel like Dewan Jones is gonna be the the flip side of this where people are very worried about him, right? Yeah. There's gonna be a bunch yeah. of that. That's what I vibe up. But anyone else sure. come to mind? For the offensive side, we're not going to do good one because that's low hanging fruit. But I just kind of like this game of, yeah. Uh, look at this guy. You you have one, and then I'll share mine. Go ahead. Yeah. So my guy that I think that we will see and begin to view as a camp darling as we get into mandatory mini camp and then, uh, of course, real camp, right? Uh, which is only and not far off now i mean seriously this this off season is going to fly by jake we're going to blink and it's going to be september but um cedric tillman is going to be i just can see the hype uh you know around him getting very like cuz he already has uh we've already seen a few highlights of him making good catches and he high points the ball and you know how camp is kind of set up that, you know, nobody's really going to contest you on these. So you can see him going up and making a lot of catches and becoming kind of a camp darling in himself, a la DPJ. I think you're right. He has a real chance to to blow up, and I think it's because he's good. I think he's going yeah. to he yeah. be a nice ball player. Uh, again, on the wide receiver side, they have not really brought in many new young wide receivers in terms of like the UDFA market or anything like that for those guys to take off. I do think there's going to be just a lot of Elijah Moore buzz. So um, for again, sure. another guy that doesn't really fit the out of nowhere uh, spectrum here. If there is a guy, and again, the offense has so many known entities here that they there's very v- little wiggle room for like a, a UDFA or fringe out of nowhere guy to catch on and uh, pop off. I do think that there's going to be one of the running backs like, either Jerome Ford or Demetric Felton are going to be like, people are like, oh, okay, I see it. Yeah. You can do it, right? There's going to yeah. be strong with yeah. that. I, but I think if there's one I feel really confident about people being being uh, certain on, it's uh, it's it, Jordan Akins. I think he's going to make some plays in camp. He's going to have some preseason moments where, where people are going to be like, oh, man, is, he, is this guy going to take snaps from David Njoku this year? Like, I just – he's that good as a pass catcher and athletic Yes. Uh, player on the field that I think that people are going to be uh, just just saying sort of the wrong put it that way saying the wrong things about uh, who he is he's not a blocker he's not a very good blocker wide receiver right. all that stuff that switched over to tight end he, and he, he doesn't do a lot of the stuff that they want you know the full-time tight end doing so uh, but he's going to have moments as a receiver where people are going to be you know saying these things about yeah. Well, you could just keep him and let Njoku go after the season. I can yeah. just see the words kind of being written and the, the tweets yeah. being made and all that goofy stuff. So so I guess if I had to rank them, I'd go Aikens um, on my side because I think Tillman's a great answer. So I, I would go Aikens, and then I would go um, secondary player. Uh, the backup of this whole thing would probably be, I think like Demetric Felton has a chance to really catch some buzz yeah. when they're talking about a guy catching the football out of the backfield. Why haven't they done this from the beginning? He can be a, he could be Duke Johnson Jr. Right? Like I feel like some of that <laughs> stuff's gonna be, it's gonna be out there. Just put it out there now. Yeah, um, I agree that uh, it's first of all, I think Aikens is a great choice because uh, a lot of people don't really know what to expect from him. Probably mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. 
not a household name by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you know, we'll quickly see that he is very good uh, at catching the ball and uh, as a receiver. So, um, love that ad, by the way. And yes, yeah. I think he fits in to that uh, Camp Darling mold as well. And then I agree that one of the backs, whether it be Felton or Ford, is going to be depicted as, you know, the next great thing coming uh, for sure. Uh, just out of sure opportunity sake, right? Um, I, dig, I dig it. I th- the offense, again, the offense has so many familiar faces that when you're picking the newer faces, most of them are not like, I could see them doing this, that, or the other. It's just they're they're mostly guys that are, you know, have been around. I mean, I, I Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson could too, but mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's going to be some veterans that people are f- sort of forgetting here. I think Aiken stands out, kind of mesh perfectly with what what Goodwin will be too. Where Agreed. I could see this guy having 500 year or 500 yards or something like. That. I yeah. mean, he could. He could yeah. definitely. I just think he's going to catch a lot of people by surprise who are used to what they've seen here. Absolutely. So. We have our, you know, we have our early camp darling Marquise Goodwin, and then uh, Jake chooses uh, Aikens. I go with Tillman. Both good choices, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and do the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the way too early training camp darlings here, OTAs on things I think I know. We'll be right back. And we're back. I'm Brad Ward. That's Jake Burns. This is the uh, All Eyes on Cleveland OBR Film Breakdown crossover that you get every Sunday from us. Uh, Jake, we're going to the defensive side of the ball, Camp Darlings. I'm going to let you go first here uh, with who you think is the defensive Camp Darlings. Well, first of all, who in the past has been our defensive Camp Darlings? I feel like I feel like D'Anthony Bell was it last year, and he was yes. like the definition of it, right? A UDFA who has a really strong camp and preseason performance and makes the roster. So there's a chance he continues, and people are like, "Who's the fourth safety?" Well, and you know, D'Anthony Bell played really well again uh, in preseason and all that. There's a chance there, um, but he was definitely it last year. I think two years ago, it was. Um, uh, not uh, three years ago, rookie year, Mac Wilson was a lot of buzz about Mac Wilson. I remember that when he won like the rookie of the, they do that goofy media award where they give it to the best rookie training camp. I think yep. he won it there. Um, I don't remember two years ago who, who would have been, and I could just no. be blanking on this right now, but uh, I feel like one year it, 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 Jacob Phillips was all the hype. Like, uh, am I, no, I think you're that. right. I think you're right. The people are kind of always looking for linebacker safeties sort of thing to, yeah. to pop. AJ Green had a little run, right? Yeah. They got him on the roster. Uh, he had yeah. a nice performance. So that, again, caught on. Uh, the defense is just a bit more inclined to like guys coming out of nowhere to, yes. to, make a, to make a splash. And there's a lot of options this year. I mean, there's so many moving parts. If like... If we're looking for just one guy on that side, I mean, you could, you could name so many that are going to have an opportunity to show out and give themselves an opportunity, like a real opportunity to make the roster. Uh, if I had to pick one, I think I'm not going to pick a rookie, which is a little bit surprising, perhaps. I'm going to go with, uh, I think Alex Wright has a chance to sort of turn heads in the right direction after 
the oddity that was his first year in the NFL. Again, he's just a massive dude. And the way that they are talking about him, uh, and especially like I wrote the other day with with Jim Schwartz, um, uh, you know, talking about him as a guy that's caught their eye this offseason. I just think if they're going to move him inside some and, and move him around, he has a chance to in games, preseason games and camp like, you know, camp is just like, well, you know, this guy had a good day. That guy had a good day. He stands yeah. out to me as a guy. Um, I know Charlie. I, th- I think it's Charlie Thomas is. uh the Georgia Tech UDFA linebacker. He has had some buzz uh, from the UDFA market about. I think. I think he, like I said, I think he came out of Georgia Tech. Uh, Charlie Thomas the third. So okay. keep an eye on him. That's a name to watch. Is somebody who's making plays. Uh, and then the only other guy from the UDFA side was Lonnie Phelps. I thought had a chance. The uh, all go all effort Kansas Miami uh, Ohio product. So those are the. The guys, but if I had to pick one, it would be like, man, Alex Wright, strong second year, strong second year camp is the is the is a sort of thing I think has a chance to catch on. Yeah, um, I think that's a very good choice, especially you know uh, if they use him a little differently and he looks, yeah, you know, there's a there's a definitely a narrative there that people I think will easily get behind because of you know the narrative was so poor coming in, right? Like, uh, it always feels like if you get any sense of, uh, an extreme, the other direction, that's something that people can really get behind. Right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, my thoughts are kind of, well, first I, I wanted to ask you this. What about Diabate? Uh, an interesting we, one. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I need to see first how they're going to use him. He, he was more of like a hybrid rush guy. Uh, in Florida before he then went to Utah, uh, a guy they seem to like. Uh, so, so yeah, he's, um, he's certainly on the radar and you wouldn't be wrong for having him in your, uh, if you have him in your, whatever our power, our fake power rankings here for camp darlings. I think he's got a chance if he's, uh, you know, Schwartz again, talking about defense and what's coming and what's being forecasted, talking about wanting to be a five down team and bring five people as often as they can, because they trust their corners on islands and stuff. If you're if you're wanting to be playing a guy who's a bit of a rush backer, right, can be a creative with him. He stands out as one of those. Is a 240 off the ball, on the ball experience, rush experience. Um, so yeah, keep keep an eye. It's Mahmoud Diabate is uh, yeah. is is his his name. In case you guys out there don't know it all too, well. I did some stuff on him with the uh, you did the uh, pre draft or post sorry post draft get to know process uh, draft introduction series so uh, an interesting career didn't perform quite as well as he wanted to but a great athlete so he's one that uh on the udfa angle could be could be up there he could have a good run yeah the other one uh there's uh, the these are not my choice these are just kind of like honorable mentions i think that are mm-hmm. worth mentioning is you know a name uh, a trendy name that probably everybody thought was going to get drafted but is in camp and fills that you know hey who's going to be the four safety ronnie hickman could mm-hmm. end up being uh, a big buzz guy i think yeah, Hickman's got a good chance. He's he like you said, he was a potential sixth, seventh round guy. They like yeah. him. Uh, just depends on how well the athleticism translates and how how well some of these guys. I will say, they have a decent chance because it's not as difficult a system to learn in the secondary. So some of these young guys might be able to come in and, and impress a little more than you think in terms of picking up the types of coverages they're running. 
uh, right away and maybe maybe show out. So yeah, Hickman should be a guy that we're thinking of. I mean, it's three safeties that we know are going to make it. Then you're fighting like DeAnthony Bell, uh, Tanner McAllister, you know, yep. uh, the Ohio State duo that they brought in. So yeah, Hickman's yep. uh, is right there in that thick of that battle. Yeah, and then you know, of course, Cam Mitchell I think is a good player and he'll make some plays. And you know, I obviously their corners are pretty much set. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting today. You know, Ward mentioning that he was playing in the slot at times. It seems like they may be kind of rotating that responsibility somewhat. Um, seems like it. Yeah, maybe yeah. not on a snapped down basis, but uh, yeah, but a game by game fit thing, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. Should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the other this is a kind of a wild card name that just came to me. I didn't go over this with you, and I, this still isn't my choice. I'll get to it though here in a second. <laughs> I'm taking forever here, but there's a lot of choice names to choose. One that I think is really interesting is uh, Chris Westry from uh, Baltimore, right? Like, yeah. has played some, has some playing experience. He's a long body, right? Like, he can run. He's a he's an athletic. He can dude. run. He feels like a guy that could impress uh, in camp um, and has some oomph behind it because he, he's played some big downs in big games. Yeah, he's an athletic dude. So, like I said, it's all about if they're going to be aggressive in coverage, they're going to put more guys in more island-based situations. Who can handle that? If you can't handle that, uh, then, then that is uh, where, the way you will fall out of favor quickly. But if you can... And you catch his eye. This is a this is the first training camp for Schwartz, so it's like a very, very mm-hmm. clean slate situation here for for almost all of these guys. So, uh, if you have the athleticism to stick with people on an island, and you can play specials, and you can run, and get to places other guys can't, then yeah, you have a chance. And he has every bit of the athletic traits you would look for there. So I will finally get to my <laughs> my my defensive prediction for Camp Darling, and it's going to be Rodney McLeod. Um, a, you know, we know how the defense kind of comes along quicker than the offense here in, in camp, sort of, right? Um, and uh, he has an advantage over everybody in that he's played in this for Schwartz before. Mm-hmm. Um, he already had an interception, right, for example, in camp that yeah. Schwartz got is noted. caught on film. Yeah, Schwartz has noted that he's the, the guy yeah. with experience on the system and it's showing. Yes, and so I think that that leads to him being like, hey, you know. Rodney McLeod going to be an every-down safety this year? Is he going to start? Is he starting over Grant Delpit? Question mark? Yeah, Yeah, there's some of that. He'll be good. He's, But he is good. Like, he can play, man. He's stuck around the NFL for this long. He had a a big role for the Colts. Now, a bit more of a forward approach positionally than he's ever had in his career. He was up in the line of scrimmage a lot. A but change, they, yeah. From they, his they'll, history. they'll, yeah, they'll use him, man. He's going to be everywhere. They're going to yeah. use him all over the defense, and like you said, they should. He's good, and he knows what he's doing, and exactly what Schwartz wants done. And there's a huge level of respect there between Schwartz and McLeod that's going to be hard for him to not see the field, you know, as a, as that additional player, especially in the early downs. So, yeah, uh, I think that'll see itself render a lot of snaps quickly for him. Yeah, you know, you hear Schwartz talk about his favorite defenses and he, who was the guy he talked about with the Eagles um, was Malcolm his guy Jenkins, that, maybe. Yep. Jenkins yep. Uh, that he trusted and that was out there. And it's like the spirit of the defense and his leader and kind of his coach on the field. And it feels like he's kind of leaning on Rodney that way a little bit here yeah. uh, yep. in the early going. So, and he, and he did in Philly too. That's yes. it's certainly worth noting. I know that 
he stuck around. McLeod stuck around after Schwartz, but uh, when he was there, I mean, they overlapped three three years, I believe, and he was yeah a big part of it, man. So there's yeah. uh, there's just it's hard to see that that secondary. I like I like Grant and I like Juan, but I, I expect him to play quite a bit, man. Me too, me too. But I I do think that uh, there will be some narratives around how much he is playing and how well mm-hmm. he is doing in in camp for sure. Yeah, I like that pick though. It's a good one. Yeah, so interesting stuff. Goodwin, uh, you know, uh, falling in the into good, good graces in already in the club. <laughs> in the club, too. I think that those are our two real, like, yeah. if Club-house we're doing leaders. this uh, doing this goofiness in, 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 uh, in real time here, I do I do think that those are the two guys right now that lead the way for, for uh, most buzz surrounding camp performances. And we're yeah. not even – we haven't even done mini camp, so we're saying no. off-season performances, right? OTA so, yeah. darlings. <laughs> OTA darlings. But yes. but eventually these OTA darlings turn into mini camp and training camp. We're not – I mean, it's a, it's a, these, these, these months are tough, right? We'll, we're in June now, and essentially we'll be in July. But late July, it's here. So it's like it'll be, it'll be quick, man. It'll be, it'll be a lot quicker than people, than people no, think. No, it's, it's like it's got a lull here. It's like six weeks after minicamp, yeah. and they're back this year, which is crazy because it's. I think it's like the twenty second or something of July. Yeah. So it's early because of the early yep. start for yeah the Hall of Fame game and all that stuff. So fun, Brad. Good exercise, man. Hold us to this. We'll circle back and check it out. And if oh, we're well. right, we'll bring it up. We're gonna definitely bring up that we were right. But if it's somebody off the beaten path, we'll forget we ever did this podcast. That's how it goes. <laughs> Conveniently. Yep. All right. Yeah. Very good stuff. Hey. Uh, I hope that uh, when people are listening to this, you are having a fantastic time with loved ones and uh, enjoying a a wonderful weekend. Uh, You deserve it, the relaxation and the getaway. So uh, while uh, those of us uh, listen to this, you uh, are enjoying yourself, I hope. So uh, this has been another edition of uh, a crossover, All Eyes on Cleveland, the OBR Film Breakdown with great Jake Burns, myself, Brad Ward. Uh, And with that, uh, we are out. Go Go Browns. Browns.